Welcome to Series 2, Women on the Move, Behind Closed Doors podcast series. I am Donnie Walford, the founder and managing director of Behind Closed Doors. In today's episode, we are speaking with Isabel Marshall, Young Australian of the Year, and her business partner and school friend, Eloise Hall. At just 18 years of age, Isabel and Eloise co-founded Taboo to help women around the world by breaking down stigma around menstruation and providing greater access to hygiene products. They are inspirational women and I am confident you will enjoy their podcast. Isabel and Eloise, it's so wonderful to be able to have you as our podcast guest today. Thank you for having us. So I'd like to ask you both to tell me about yourselves as well as how did you meet and begin this fantastic social enterprise? Thank you so much for having us, Donnie. It's very exciting to be here. Eloise and I met in Year 7 at Walford. Um, we met in maths class. And yeah, we became quite firm friends pretty quickly. I uh, did a lot of extracurriculars together throughout high school, um, a lot of leadership opportunities together, and then continued that friendship into the following years in which we started Taboo. Taboo was actually started during your high school years? Yeah, so we were leaders at, in high school and we went to a leadership conference so that was the end of year 11, we were introduced to the idea of a social enterprise. And that's really when the idea was born. We started thinking about what other products we could sell and which causes we wanted to support with the sale of um, a specific product. And yeah, we then did year 12 when we started to really think about how we would address the issue that we had developed quite a passion for and how we would do that in through the sale of product. I think we were talking about coffee, chocolate, things that we were certainly invested in at that age. And then, and then it was um, sanitary products when we thought, oh my gosh, we'll spend a lot of money every month on these. Then we learned that the market was worth $300 million a year in Australia. So we thought that not only is it a worthwhile market, it's something that's not going to be replaced by technology anytime soon, as, as long as we're reproducing. Uh, so tell me, for our listeners, tell us about Taboo, because they might not be familiar with exactly what it is. So Taboo is a social enterprise. The structure of a social enterprise is that we're registered as a company. We sell certified organic cotton pads and tampons in Australia. And all of the profit that the company makes is redistributed into charitable projects that work to eradicate period poverty. And that's in a global and a local context. We have a charitable partner called One Girl who work in Sierra Leone and Uganda. And then our Australian outreach program is fueled by other people's purchases of our product. So a lot of people buy our pads and then we redistribute those products to charities and other organisations around Australia who address issues that women are facing, such as domestic violence or homelessness, and our products are there available for these women as well. So what, what did you hope to achieve when you first started Taboo? Yeah, so when we started Taboo, our, our prim, primary idea was certainly that 
sale of product of our own pads and tampons that would then fuel profit that would be donated to projects that eradicate period poverty. I don't think we really understood the full complexity and broadness of this issue around the world. And that was certainly the the following four years was an amazing learning journey. And it still is at the moment to learn how period poverty is experienced um, by different women in different places. And the fact that it's also experienced in Australia quite profoundly as well. And so what we discovered was that a lot of our business activities would also need to centre around advocacy, around growing a community that was demanding social change as well as the addressing of these like human rights, which, you know, involve the right of a, a girl to go to school despite their biology and what their body does. So there's a huge component of our work that's around advocacy, around presenting at schools, around sharing our passion with young people as well as old people on on media and all the possible platforms so that we can address this issue from all angles, which is what it really requires. And were you both surprised about period poverty in Australia being often termed the lucky country? I think it is surprising in the depth of the issue. I certainly considered people who are living below the poverty line and there are people in Australia who would struggle to purchase these products. And really the simple way of considering how that can be neglected is that people often naturally prioritise buying food for their family over a product for themselves. So we were aware that there would be people who do suffer from period poverty, but especially learning about how many girls in Australia don't attend school because of the lack of access to products or the lack of education they have about menstruation is very surprising. We have quite a high standard of living and one in four girls um, in a report that was recently published by the Commissioner for Children and Young People in South Australia revealed one in four girls were missing some kind of schooling because they didn't have access to product. And often that is kind of wrapped up in the shame that these girls are feeling. They might not have the confidence to ask their teachers or families or guardians for support. And the other issue, I think, is that a lot of these girls, even if they could afford the product, don't have the confidence to buy it for themselves in the stores. It's still quite a daunting thing for them to do. So it's a huge wake-up call for us, especially working in the industry, to make sure that that shame is one of our priorities to break down because it has really intense flow-on effects, especially for the young people in this country. Yeah, absolutely. So is this a big education process as well, Isabel? Absolutely. And another thing that we're learning as time progresses is how many pathologies manifest in painful periods and complicated periods. You may have heard of endometriosis, which is um, a very common condition. And we're learning the more time resources are put into research around endometriosis and similar pathologies, the more we're realising that a lot of the periods that for decades our mums and our grandmas have just expected is a normal level of pain is actually completely not normal and it's really debilitating. It affects in Involvement in school, in social life, in community life, family, home life. And that cumulative effect is quite profound in that it will disadvantage a woman in, in various ways. Yeah, and I guess, Eloise, where you were going with this is if they don't get it right as young women uh, and girls, then it could certainly still impact them when they go into the workforce. Absolutely. And there's even a lot of talk um, about 
menstrual leave and especially for those with pathologies such as endometriosis it's an important conversation you should be able to have with your employer in that you have a chronic illness and that there should be some consideration and that conversation isn't often had because of that shame as well so you're exactly right when they don't have the experience of being comfortable with your own body and process then often that isn't something you're comfortable with in your adulthood either no and I think even you know when I was growing up it certainly wasn't a a subject or a topic that girls talked about openly even with their girlfriends Mm. and yeah we're still seeing the repercussions today yeah it's so interesting so if you had your time again in setting up taboo what would you do differently I think um the beauty of us starting taboo at such a young age. Eloise and uh, Eloise didn't study any business before starting it, either did I. So we were both completely fresh. And there was a lot of power in that because we were forced to um, be honest with ourselves and other people that we didn't know what we were getting into. So we were mentored through a lot of the startup phases of taboo. Um, and a lot of that required us asking question after question after question and then discerning what answers we felt were best suited to our mission and where we were at. So there was this, yeah, this beautiful balance of asking questions, admitting uh, on vulnerability and and um, a lack of experience for ourselves, but also being led in the right direction. So to be honest, I, I wouldn't say... I'd do anything differently personally. I think even the things that haven't been perfect have certainly taught us um, things we wouldn't have otherwise learned. And it's all been part of the fabric that's made Taboo what it is now. I'm pretty happy. (laughs) And who who you both are right now. Eloise, would you like to add anything to that? Yeah, I think I totally echo what Izzy said and that the, I guess, inexperience and naivety in a healthy dose was very valuable because we were just very honest in which bits of information we needed to fill. So I wouldn't redo much of it at all, really. I think there were probably a few moments of doubt which were unnecessary that we had as young people not really sure if we were capable. That was probably um, a waste of time and so (laughs) I would maybe hand that advice back to my old self but yeah I guess it's the beauty of starting a business is in that you're learning constantly every day so it's a big celebration of that mindset. And as you get older you'll you'll know that the more mistakes you make even though they're sometimes they're costly mistakes you always learn the best. Yeah so how can our listeners get involved to help you and support the work that you do? Well our main game is selling our product so if you need our product for yourself we sell online through a subscription or else on shelves uh, in SA for now, there's OTRs and national pharmacies and we'll be announcing some new retail exciting opportunities soon. But yeah, otherwise, if you don't need our product, as um, Eloise explained earlier, you can subscribe on behalf of a woman in Australia who needs it. So that's done through our website as well. So it's like a, a regular donation, is it? It is. So you set it up on a regular cycle on your account on our website and then that just happens automatically until you choose to change it or stop it. Oh, that's wonderful. I didn't I didn't realise that myself. So thank you for that. So what's next for Taboo? Like can, you, can you say anything? Yeah, we can, we can get the people excited, but we can't unfortunately put a title on it. We uh, will be announcing some more stores that we, our product will be featured in soon, which I'm very excited about. And that's just uh, more so than just the announcement of stores. It's a great uh, 
trophy of growth and how far we've come already. And we're excited to take on this next year of opportunity with a lot of excitement in that we can grow to be one of the leading brands in the market, at least in South Australia. And we're excited to go Australia-wide. Yeah. Oh, well, congratulations. You you both absolutely enjoy all of your success. Eloise, I, I saw that you um, won one of the 40 under 40 categories, so congratulations to you. Thank you. And Isabel, not only Young South Australian in the Year, but a Young Australian of the Year, so congratulations to you. This must uh, be, for both of you, great to propel your own personal brands. Yeah, it was hugely encouraging for our team in that this is a completely new and much larger platform that we now have to share our message and our mission. It was hugely encouraging that the people organising this award thought that what we had to say was important enough to give it such an amazing platform. And the response has been unreal. And um, in response to your question about what else people can do to get involved, certainly starting that conversation, certainly telling people about our mission and why we exist is a, is a great place in order to start that conversation and then challenge the stigma as you do it. Um, so, yeah, that award has, has helped us with that that part of Taboo immensely. And Eloise, uh, must it must be fantastic for you as well to, to have the 40 under 40 when you probably haven't even reached the age of 20 yet. Yeah, <laughs> only just, only just. <laughs> well, congratulations to the both of you. We, we were so privileged to have you both as our podcast guest today. And if there's anything that the women in Behind Closed Doors and I can do to support you further, other than the donations and in your business career and whatever you choose to do, we'd love to support and encourage you to continue to be successful. Thank you so much for that. Enjoy the rest of your day, girls. You too. Thanks for listening to the Women on the Move podcast brought to you by Behind Closed Doors. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. To find out more about leadership and professional development for you, visit BehindCloseDoors.com where you can find the full range of memberships and coaching and mentoring options available. This is a Narrative Network podcast.